Welcome to this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. I'm Lav, soon to be joined by Rex. We are at St. Andrews, the home of golf, covering the 150th Open Championship. We were going to record this pod, Rex, uh, at the Dunvegan, where we are having dinner tonight. But folks, you're not going to believe this, uh, but it's a zoo during the Open. So we're just at our flat in front of a live studio audience, Rex's wife, our boss, Mercer Bags. We'll still be giving you, even from our flat, all the goods on the year's final major, Tiger Talk, Course Talk, Picks Talk. Uh, it's all coming up on this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. But first, Five Iron Golf has teamed up with Callaway and the Goat of Women's Golf, Annika Sorenstam, for a one-night virtual tournament played exclusively at Five Iron Golf locations across the country in eight major cities on Wednesday, July 13th. Hundreds of players will compete in the St. Andrews Showdown an 18-hole scramble for teams of four on the old course. Played on Trackman the night before the pros do so in the 150th Open. Play for prizes and a cause with 100% of all entry fee proceeds benefiting the Annika Foundation, providing opportunities in women's golf at every level while teaching young people the importance of living a healthy lifestyle. Now, for more information and to register to play at a five-iron golf near you, visit fiveirongolf.com slash Annika and Rex shout out to my friends at Callaway at last I have received a driver my wife reported earlier this week that a big box has arrived at the front door don't know what it is don't know how I'll hit it but that's not the point the point Rex is that persistence it always pays off how did they even know you wanted a driver did you even mention it I mean that's such a mystery that they would just reach out and send you a driver with your exact specs or maybe you've been doing this shamelessly for the last year I mean we haven't had a a pod read uh in weeks I would say that even mentioned the driver uh and so look I I think I think word gets out uh I've only played three times this year I not to not to boast uh, but I have played just TPC Sawgrass Palmetto and Augusta National I'm afraid to play golf Ever again, because it's basically just going downhill from that point. You got St. Andrews on Monday on your way out. You're going to do that? I did not. Uh, played about six years ago. Shot 75, six three putts, thanks to the American caddy. Uh, excuse me. No thanks to the American caddy. Uh, but once I get that Callaway driver in the bag, thanks to my friends, uh, my dear friends at Callaway, uh, I'm looking forward to teeing it up again. I think a memory just came up. We lost that match, me and Mercer, didn't we? We lost that day. You lost every match that year. Uh, I was on an absolute heater. Did not shoot worse than 76 that year. Uh, brought the two iron over, was absolutely threading it. It was firm, fiery everywhere. Again, I really could have posted. No, I don't think we've I, ever gone zero and five. You didn't. You have. No, we our, have never. No, our no. former boss Jay Coffin. He mixed. He missed a two footer at right. Fairmont St Andrews. That's so right. you did not go. You did not lose five and zero, but you did lose four zero and one. He missed a two footer. Did I even hit the hole on the eighteenth hole? in order to tie that match. Uh, as I recall, I uh, got into the uh, rental car and did not say a word for the uh, remaining 45 minutes of that trip. Uh, and you that, pretty, does, that, does that ring a bell? Yeah, that rings a bell. And you were angry that we didn't give it to him. I think that's the way it went down. Because I think if I, watched, I, I watched you. Friends and, friends and family match. As he was choking down on the putt and you could tell his hands were shaking, there was no way he was going to be able to wiggle this into oh, the hole. I saw absolutely. the look on your face as in, please, Come dear on. God. Give him this putt yeah, so he's we can our just boss. get out of here. It was a miserable two days. We're at the Open Championship. We're at the home of golf. A lot to cover. But are we going to start with the just the obvious news? What's the obvious news? Greg Norman? 
Oh yes, I guess that was obvious. Uh, yeah, I think we I, I think we certainly should we have actually not had all that much live talk this week, certainly in comparison yeah. to the US Open, which was dominated by basically any player reaction. Uh the first event had just been played in London, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, any player that stepped up to the microphone at the country club was asked their thoughts. We really haven't had uh all that much. Uh, all that many, excuse me, rumors circulating this week. And then Tiger Woods stepped to the microphone on Tuesday. We'll certainly Just get a takedown. Look, we'll certainly get into how he looks. Uh, we're yeah. certainly going to get into what his chances are uh, since you wrote an absolutely boneheaded column uh, for golf. Like, I'm going to have not read. Haven't read. Love that. Column. But I've got to say, well, the premise boneheaded. No we, way. No, absolutely not. But first, let's get into what Tiger said about live. In my opinion, it was the most expansive he has been i've been talking about this rex for months and if there's one guy on the pga tour in the world of golf who could potentially shut down this thing yes it's probably fred ridley the uh, masters chairman uh who could shut down live golf but i think if tiger woods took a strong stance if he called these guys basically sellouts who do not care about their legacy or making any sort of historical impact on the game i think that really could affect those guys he did not uh say in those terms but he certainly said that these guys are turning their backs on the PJ tour and the platform that helped launch their star. And he said he did not quote, understand it while those guys would go to the 54 hole live exhibition circuit. Your thoughts. I think it's interesting in we're sitting right behind Doug Ferguson from the associated press. I'm going to steal this idea from him, but I thought it was fascinating. His words are always going to carry much further than anyone else's. We can all agree with that. Like Rory is going to say what he is going to say and JT and everyone else is going to line up, but Tiger Woods speaks and we're going to take notice. And as you're counting the words, I can see right here on your exactly laptop, what I'm doing. You're counting the words of exactly. It is one 483 of words. This thing was a monologue. Like I'm going to go out on a limb and I've covered Tiger since 97. And I got to say, that's probably the most effusive response I've ever heard. He had something to say and he wanted to get his point across. It was a little rambling. It wasn't exactly. A little circuitous. Yes, it it, it took a little while. But Ferguson's point from the AP, and and I would agree with this, that it would carry even further if he was a regular golfer. We want a situation where we're only going to see him three or four times a year. If these guys had to look him in the face, like I am curious, there's going to come a time when Bryson being the primary example, because Bryson has always been right there with Tiger. He's always wanted Tiger to pay attention to me. He's always been around Tiger and look at me, look at me, look at me. In this particular case, my guess is he gets a cold shoulder and I don't care. Those guys are already getting the cold shoulder. I saw Patrick Reed. Yeah. He was playing the first hole. Look at the practice round Sunday. I think it was Tiger was coming up the 18th on Sunday as well. Obviously those are parallel holes. Tiger did not even glance in his direction. After another practice round on Monday, Bryson DeChambeau was on the practice putting green. Tiger walked right past him. No exchanging of pleasantries. I think the cold shoulder has already certainly already happened. And I can speak to experience on this one, and you can as well. When Tiger wants to send a message by being cold, by being aloof, oh, by just, being standoffish, he'll just stare. He is stare an whole expert at it. He's the goat on the golf course, and he's the goat at that. He's very, very good at being able to make sure you understand I'm not happy with what you've done in this particular situation. And he made it clear today in 400 words that he's not happy with what they've done. I think you're right. I think this one carries much, much further than anyone else's. I still think Rory is probably the spokesperson when it comes to this for the reasons I just pointed out, but certainly what Tiger did today was a takedown. But does it make any difference? 
That's the question. It's, it's are, do the no. the do the players who are rumored to be going next? So they can say, "Oh, I don't want Tiger Woods to be mad at me. I don't want Tiger Woods to think less of me as a player." That's not going to change these guys' opinion in in, in my personal uh, stance. Not when we're talking about generational wealth. Like this goes beyond the idea that I'm going to go pay play for more money. No, this goes beyond that. This goes to I'm going over there for an amount of money that's going to secure my me and my family into the next generation. And when you start talking about that, yes, it's uncomfortable for Patrick Reed to walk down the first fairway and Tiger's not even going to look at me, but I'm going to be comforted by the idea I've got a lot of zeros in the bank account. That's crude. That's mean. A lot of people don't want to hear that, but that's the truth. There's two things that Tiger Woods uh, seems to have particular trouble with. One is that these players could potentially be excluded from the major championships going forward. Official World Golf Ranking has not yet decided what is going to do with Live Golf's application in order to be recognized by that tour? If Live does not uh, receive world ranking points, either in the short term or the long term, all these players who have jumped ship, whether it's Taylor Gooch and Kevin Nod and Dustin Johnson, who will be exempt in other ways, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, I mean, their world ranking, their world ranking is going to plummet. Uh, without an opportunity to, world to earn some points, are they going to have to go a weird Asian tour route? And so Tiger Woods, one of the greatest champions golf's ever seen, a 15-time major winner, could not fathom how these guys would jump ship knowing that their uh, world ranking and their potential entrance into major championships could be jeopardized. The second one, which I think was interesting and I'm not sure I agree with, is this idea of guaranteed money. And the fact that if these guys get their wallets padded by the Saudi-backed regime what is the incentive to practice these are tiger words what is the incentive to practice what is the incentive to go out there and earn it in the dirt you're just getting paid a lot of money up front and playing a few events and playing 54 holes what was your take on that rex the fact that you're going to get this huge lump sum up up front is your game suddenly going to fall off Uh, well twofold one the world ranking equation kind of comes to a head this week it's the elephant in the room this week because the world ranking board is meeting and i think we can all agree that uh, the board the board with jay monahan yes. keith pelly there's only Fred one way Ridley, this goes down mike wad they're going to kick the can but i don't Slumbers. think they just want to out now and say no right now that just opens them up to criticism and so they're probably just going to kick the can and say we'll look especially at with an antitrust yes uh, investigation currently department going on with the u.s department of justice is investigating the pga tour according to a wall street journal story it confirmed to me by a PGA Tour spokesperson, so we don't know where that's going to go. But the the second half of the equation, and that's kind of where he lost me, because I've always contended that when Tiger Woods, beyond the 15 majors, beyond everything he's done in golf, the part that impressed me the most is he just kept getting better after getting paid. Because let's don't kid ourselves. When the hello world moment in Milwaukee when he turned pro came with a very large paycheck. Now, it's not a live golf paycheck by comparison, and it's two generations ago, but I'm sure he got an enormous amount of money. From Tiger Woods' like, net worth is a billion dollars. He got an enormous amount of money, and yet he still continued to stay hungry. He still continued to get better. But he's, he's a freak of nature. He is a freak of nature. Most people for, get satiated with money. But for him to say that is disingenuous in my, in my mind. Because, in my mind, he's going to look at it that I got paid, I got bank, and yet I stayed hungry and I still stayed on mission. I stayed on point. For him to think that others don't do it is kind of looking down and a little disingenuous. Uh, well, certainly he's a, he's a freak of nature. I don't think every player is motivated by winning and complete uh, demolition of 
uh, the field. It's more like you lost half our like, audience, by the way. I was going to say your, your, your wife has already gone. She, but she grabbed herself a, a gin and tonic and, and departed. She's, I'm hoping she's going to be around for, for dinner. I, do you think she's going to make it to dinner? No. I thought this was an IV bag that was sitting on the kitchen table. She assured me it was not an IV bag. Just water. She did not need one. Just, uh, just hydrate. Collapsible. That's important. Uh, collapsible water. That's it, right. is, it is important. It's very sunny out here. Uh, I forgot where I was going with this conversation, uh, but still. Okay. So Tiger Woods, freak of nature. We've established that. Tiger Woods, not motivated by money. That's okay. Good for him. He's good enough that he can absolutely. I see where he's coming fields. from. I know. I understand However, your point. I would say point. 95% of the PJ Tour players are motivated by money. And this particular- JT's not motivated by money. Rory's not motivated by money. Rom's not motivated by money because they don't have to be. They've already earned enough. To it's be easy for, for them not to be motivated by money. Of course. Yeah. So I have seen the argument, Rex, uh, kind of uh, uh, nitpicking at Tiger's argument here in that this is not the case for any other sport. You look at an NFL player, you look at a Major League Baseball player, an NBA player. I agree with that. They, they get the max contracts. So NBA player Zion's going to get $200 million to play for the Pelicans. Is all of a sudden... Uh, he uh, disincentivized to go prepare, practice, and grind in the gym. I, I mean, guys typically play better in contract years than they do after receiving mass contracts. I think that's fair. The big difference and why this is not an apples uh, to apples comparison is that in golf, it's always been a meritocracy. There has never been guaranteed money in golf besides the under the table uh, sponsor agreements that you have on the PGA Tour. And so this is a departure from the norm. Golfers have always gone and got what they killed and that is what they took home to their families to suddenly drop 150 million dollars 200 million dollars uh, on their plates is a little bit of a different situation as you take a sip from your tenants you can't answer this question right away no i'm with you i can swallow it very very quickly i i would say that i would agree with you because i don't know how some of these players i would look at a player like dustin and it seems obvious he's at a stage in his career doesn't care he wants to cash out he wants to cash out. I don't have a problem with that. Don't have a problem with it. Look, he has put his time in. He's won. He's been world number one. He's won major championships. I think whatever it is, whatever road he chooses to take from here, I'm fine with that idea. Where I would be curious is there's players on the other half of the spectrum right now that Taylor Gooch brought up. Hudson Swafford, you brought up. Taylor Gooch unwittingly signed up for the Live Golf. He thought that he was playing London as a one-off. Thought he was playing it as a one-off. Instead, received an indefinite suspension and then said, Ooh, okay, guess guess need to join, join the rival league now. I don't believe that's done. That's what he told uh, golf.com Dylan to chair. I, I don't, thought, it, thought it was a one off. And if that's the case, then he, he's got the worst manager in the history of golf, or he's got a manager who was trying actually to swindle him. So, again, the worst manager in the history of golf. There's knowing, no way. Knowing, knowing what we know, that may not be totally out of the realm of possibilities. There's, well, because there's no way. He signs off on that with the idea that, okay, this is going to be a one-off and there aren't going to be any punishments. <laughs> no, like Potter Carrington put voice to this two weeks ago, that when everyone was up at arms, that the European tour players were going to be suspended from the Scottish Open. Potter was like, look, I understand why they went, but there was always going to be repercussions. But you were Mr. Sliding Scale. You were you were saying for weeks, oh, I think this is going to be a sliding scale. I think I it will, think I think it will still be a sliding scale. So maybe he thought it was going to be a sliding scale. Maybe he thought he played London and it would just be a month-long suspension. Maybe. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> and, now I, and now I'm indefinitely suspended. How does that phone call land? Uh, so, Taylor, sorry. Like, this didn't play out like we thought it. But listen, you got paid. You got your bank. You're good. It's probably an underwhelming amount uh, because you lost all your leverage. However... 
feel free to join our tour. And look, you can have uh, a great experience thinking it's the Ryder Cup uh, or the President's Cup. This is a part of that team championship. Now, this happened after last week's podcast, so it's, an, it's a little bit of old news, but I did want to revisit it, this only because I thought of the funniest thing in the absolute world when I saw that the RNA had disinvited Greg Norman to participate in this week's festivities. He's a two-time Open champion. He was not invited to yesterday's four-hole Celebration of champions. Thank you very much. He wasn't invited to the champions dinner and I, I felt like it was petty. I felt like I get where they're coming from. It's 150th open at St. Andrews. You don't want distractions. However, this feels like the meanest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. This is high school nonsense. But what I kept coming back to and since he I'm, was he even going to go, was he even going to go to this? Did he have actual plans? How did that phone call go? go? Hey, Greg, are you thinking about coming over? No, no, I'm going to stop you there. Don't come over. You're not invited. <laughs> Like, that's the meanest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Is that the visual that you've been thinking about for the last couple of days? First, it was Rory wrestling with his shirt in Dubai after, after blowing the it lead. It makes me laugh. Does then it, it was, not? Then it was Will Zalatoris, or excuse me, then it was Scotty Scheffler crying in his wife's arms ahead of the final round. In of the, the fetal position on the night before the final round. And, now, and now you've got Greg in South Florida, probably sure. Answering the phone. Potentially just naked. With a general. chainsaw in his hand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Getting a phone call from the RNA. Doesn't even get to say. If he wants Hello, to Greg, listen, Dis- can't say anything. After disinvited that. from something he wasn't even planning to attend. And immediately it comes to mind. So I've been over here through this is my third week over here. And so I've kind of immersed myself in being in the UK. So Boris Johnson, you are huge among the DP world tour crowd. You're, you're That's waving right. to Fabrizio Zanotti. That's right. Fabrizio yeah, Ryan, last night at dinner. He's Ryan, my boy. Ryan Fox, He's all my the boy. European agents. That's right. I, I just might stay over here. It's going to be interesting. I got, I have to talk to Mercer about that after this week, because I may not be coming back. Mercer, right here. Any thoughts? Should Rex come back? Definitely. The per diem is $3 more expensive per day. Is that, is that going to matter? No, no, no. We're good. Okay, perfect. But the part that stood out to me is that when Boris Johnson stepped down as prime minister in his exit speech, the line he used was, them's the breaks. And I kept thinking to myself that the RNA should have ended that phone call with Greg Norman with, them's, them's the, the breaks. <laughs> well, they should have put that in like their tweet. Just some sort of meme. Them's the breaks. Sorry. They can't, there is kind of a resemblance with the hair. You've kind of played outside the ecosystem. Them's the break. It's not the ecosystem. You said this on air today. It's ecosystem. It can be ecosystem. Nope. Echo is E C H O. Ecosystem. Ecosystem. All right, very good. Try and nail it tomorrow. How do uh, you do? Uh, uh, I, I'm going to turn this on. Rusax. Uh, that one too. No, uh, Rasmus. What's his last name? Hit me with it. Hoigor. There you go. Nailed it. And you did nail it That's because you put it. And the first in my Polish winner, the first. Player from Poland, Adrian Moronk. Adrian, there you go. Who played a practice round? Uh, That's with Tiger World Woods. Tour stuff right there. <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday, you were very much immersed in this culture. Speaking of which, look, Abe, excuse me, Adrian Moronk uh, played with Tiger Woods at a practice round on Tuesday. You listen to Tiger's thoughts when he wasn't uh, ranting about Riv. Uh, excuse me, Liv or Riv? Because he Riv. also wasn't one there. Uh, what do you what do you think about what you've seen from Tiger in practice so far? He played fifty eight. Excuse me, walked fifty eight holes. Did not play all fifty eight. He walked fifty eight holes in preparation for this Open. He is not intending to play any practice holes on Wednesday. We're taping this uh, on Tuesday afternoon. What are your thoughts on what you've seen so far? I'm going to go ahead and just just lean into it right now. Here we I'm- go, folks. Golfchannel.com. Check it out. Rex Hogger right. details the reasons why Tiger Woods could, I repeat, could contend at this 150th Open. We're going to go bullet point by bullet point. Let's go with the reasons why you think Tiger Woods could contend this week. And by contend, we mean 
Top top ten. Five, top ten. Okay. Top ten is what I went with. That, okay. I think you and I had a discussion on our way to yes. our hit this morning. So that's you fine. said top fifteen. I said no, that's not really contending continued. on Sunday or contending at any point in the championship. Contending on Sunday. Like I mean, he was contending on the first day at the Masters this year. I think you would argue. I would, right? I would say even contending through through thirty six holes. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I, I think that's fair enough. So no, I would say absolutely Sunday right. afternoon. First reason is why. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and put it down there. I I wrote in the third paragraph of that column which you have not read. That he's not going to win. Like, that's not going to happen. Why not? Because Why could he contend but not win? Because have you seen him move around? Like, he doesn't have 72 holes in him. Like, he just doesn't. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, How I, many I, holes does he have in him? Clues he's got 54. If you think he can contend. I feel like he has 54 in him. That's probably a good number. I'm All right. Go How about that. the reasons why he can contend? Let's be positive. We're, this is a positive podcast. The idea behind this was, well, twofold. One, there's a reason why he circled this on his calendar. We can all admit that. Like, he understood that, okay, this one, more so than Augusta, more so than Southern Hills, certainly more so than Brookline that he skipped, was going to... Because he was literally physically unable to do so. Could Four not, weeks ago, he could not play in a major championship because he was physically unable to do so. He missed a major because he wanted to be at his best for this one. So, if you look at what this offers him, it's a flat, relatively flat golf course compared to the other two that he's played this year. However, not the easiest walk. Not the easiest walk. terrain. Kind of got to watch where you go. Can be a little, little, little uh, but it is relatively flat. I, I think the sign that we saw the other day driving here was humps for miles, and that's a that's a that's a sign that you see on the side of the road. Is that I'm not a making... strip club? No, no, no. That's that's why I was trying to just circle back around to be clear. That's what the Golf sign course. said: humps for miles, and that's oh, what boy, that's what it is. Humps for miles. <laughs> Can't wait to see that expense report. <laughs> it's been a long, lonely three weeks. I think that not for me. <laughs> I think that's going to factor into it. It's warmer. I think you and I can both, as we sit here and sweat in our flat, can attest to the idea that really sweating in my sleep last <laughs> That it's it's warmer than we have expected when we come over here. So he's not going to end up with we saw at the Masters. We certainly saw it at the PGA with that crazy weather. Remember, remember Portrush too in in 2019 yes. when he played the Open Championship there. He yes. looks like an icicle. And at Adair Manor last week at the J.P. McManus Pro Am, it was cold. And he came out, and you could tell it, it impacted him. He had a hard time moving around, and he was in a golf cart for those two rounds. Okay, so, so warmer weather, easier walk. Flat golf course. Easier walk, flat golf course. This has been the mission all along. Like, I truly believe that once he WD'd from the PGA Championship, it was, okay, I'm going to get myself ready for the old course. Because if I truly believe I can ever contend again in the major. Where he has not won in 17 years. That's going to be the place. You're absolutely right. But you go back not to the – competitive in 20 – You go back – Missed the cut in 2015. You go back to those those two that he did win 17 years ago. He won by a combined dozen strokes. He knows how to play this golf course. It's Tom hard. Cowell was like four years old when that happened. That's fine. I understand. But 2019, we weren't having this discussion about, oh, Colin Morikawa was two years old the last time he won at the Masters. Were we? I'm sure we weren't. Hmm, can't remember. Well, you might have thrown it at me, but I feel I'm like. Sure I did. Yeah, I'm sure you did. So, no, I'm not sitting here saying he's going to win. I think that would be ridiculous. I think that just. That, that takes it a step too far. I'm just saying that I think everything about this golf course, when you look at, he does not have to stand on every tee with a driver in his hand, thinking I need to hit this as hard as I physically can. Front, front nine, he might have to. Front nine, folks, if you haven't been paying attention to the weather forecast, is going to play in a win into and from the left. That is literally nightmare fuel for me. This is the type, of, you. Is the type of golf course setup where I would go 45-35. Back nine should be easy. Guys hitting two, three, four irons even off the tee and having just a flip wedge into some of these holes. So that's how the golf course is going to play. It's and I imagine this being a very 2006 Royal Liverpool. Did Dion just fall? Probably. 
Royal Liverpool type situation where he hits one driver or not on the front nine. Yeah. He's not the bang driver. I don't believe that. I, I think he goes out and you might be right on certain holes, but I think by and large, he's picking his way around this golf course, trying to avoid bunkers just As like he did, he did in 2000. Yes. Okay. So I think there's a recipe in place that if he goes out, he knows this place better than anyone else in the field. I think it's fair to say. And I think if he goes out and he sticks to his game plan and he's able to execute, there's also some other things. He needs to end up on the right side of whatever weather draw. He needs to be able to execute. He's played seven competitive rounds this year, non-official if you want to count the JP Commands, where he Again, finished 39. Two rounds into the Masters, you say he was in contention. So his not my contention. His first two two rounds back, you're going to give it to me. So somehow But if Tiger's saying that he's not competitively sharp because he hasn't played competitive rounds, what are what are we to think? You just pointed out. He's literally saying it. 54 holes. I think the focus this week is much different than it was. I, again, I'm going to stick with the idea. I feel confident that come Sunday afternoon, he's at least in the conversation. Now, I'm not saying he's going to win. I don't believe he's going to win, but I do believe he'll be in the conversation. I've not read your com. I highly encourage people to go to golfshow.com Sounds to like check it. it out. Have you even mentioned the fact that this style of play is what can suit Tiger Woods' game? By that, I mean it's it's a ground game. Yeah. It's using imagination. It's, it's shaping shots. Think back to Norman Burkdale in 08 had a chance to win that Claret Jug. Tom Watson, obviously, a year later had a, what, six-footer uh, on the final green at Turnberry uh, to, to win uh, late into his 50s. It's a style of play that is not necessarily conducive to the young bombers of today. He can use his guts, his guile, his golf IQ, his course management. However, you still have to execute the shots. And as good at times as Tiger has looked in his uh, 54 holes of practice. And there have certainly been glimmers, even the, this uh, celebration of champions thing that was on. You got Monday. so excited. Like, that It was four holes. I know. Of a but, hit and giggle. You got so fired up about but, like that. his shot into two with, was like a nifty little 60 yard skipper over the Himalayas that settled 10 feet away and made the pod. I mean, he's ripping it. Uh, every drive that I've seen uh, over the holes or yeah, downwind. Ball, ball go far as win. jack said earlier this week i drove it on the green at 18 nah it's not that big a deal well what's your so he was good on 17 he's looked fine on 18 there have been glimmers of good play can he do that over 72 holes uh, i i don't know he has worn he down, some luck he has worn down he over needs the past his body to hold up he's worn down over yes. the first two majors that he has played it doesn't look like at least uh, right now when we taping this on tuesday that there's going to be a great disparity in uh, weather conditions so the, you know the luck of the draw quote unquote uh, might not be as big of a factor uh, this week I'm not seeing it I certainly think that he can make the cut uh, at this open championship just, just as he has remarkably I would say uh, at the Masters and the PGA Championship which were much more difficult walks uh, I still have a hard time believing that he can make enough birdies uh, to get into contention at the open championship where you know if you look over the past four or five editions of uh, St. Andrews Open, the winning score is going to be somewhere in that 14 to 19 under par range. I'm not sure he can make enough birdies. We got called out yesterday uh, by the Telegraph's James Corgan, who's a, a golf journalist over here. And I guess last week on the podcast, sure, you and I had something snarky to say about the food in the United Kingdom. I don't remember it specifically, but I'm sure we probably did. Doesn't, that that sounds like us. This is not the realm of possibilities, no. <laughs> sounds like us. And he called us out. And I think we both agreed. That we've had some very good meals since we've been here. Let's uh, dial back a little bit. I'd say decent. I, I've had some decent meals. There's nothing wrong with any meal I've had over here that a little salt Correct. pepper can't fix. Uh, can't fix. That doesn't sure. sound like you're pleased. 
No, I've had some meals that I thought were very good. These have been decidedly decent meals. No doubt about it. Last night I had some lasagna. Feels like the most backhand is common. Decidedly like decent. Cheetos crumbled on it. Uh, piping hot, I must say. Uh, absolutely piping hot. I've had a flavorless burger. I had some sort of fish cake number that probably wasn't worth the 13 pounds. Now, without cake. James in your in face, December. now you're going to bow up. Now you don't have the Scotsman sitting here questioning. Decidedly you. decent. That does not sound like a compliment. It's not an admonishment of the food here. It's not not bad food. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. What I mean, you were in Ireland. Uh, uh, for a couple the weeks. food in Ireland is actually very it's good. good. It's very good. Yes. It's rich. Yes. Uh, it's hearty. I'm not sure anyone goes to Scotland. We can ask your wife. We can bring her back on the podcast. I'm not sure anyone goes to Scotland uh, anticipating the, the cuisine, uh, <laughs> the elaborate and extravagant cuisine. Uh, tonight we're going to Dunvig. I'm not sure that's going to blow your socks off. Or- it will. Jack does a good job at the steak. If you want a good steak in St. Andrews, the Dunvegan is where to go. Probably not going to be gray as most. Uh, no, most he, he has it shipped in from Texas. He is from Texas. He's he's the American at the Dunvegan. Had, if you don't know the story, please look up the story. Uh, we had shepherd's pie, or at least I did. Uh, I shepherd's, shepherd's pie, pie. Uh, for lunch. Couldn't quite decide if it was ground beef or if it was kind of like a mushy uh, steak. So it just was kind of in between. Uh, our, our, our dear friend uh, ESPN's Mark Schleybaugh is Southern as they come. Uh, so where's the salt and pepper? Uh, <laughs> and first was, time, and and the first respo- time, pal. And the response from the very nice lady behind the counter was, "We don't have any. We might have some tomorrow." Mm. So apparently that's the way it works. Just try, just trying to get any sort of flavor, uh, folks. But look, we're not we're not in Scotland. We're going to do a one place show. Let's do a win place show right now. And and the way this works, you and- were supposed to go into Ladbrokes. Uh, I did not, but that's online. I don't know how this win place show. Can you explain the details? Well, you pick a winner, you you pick the person that's going to finish second, and then you pick the person that's going to finish third. Oh, I could do that. Yeah. So what we need to get out of the way here is is we have a bet every year that you and I kind of do, and it's called the Omen bet. And you have to bet on the first person you see when you land in Scotland. You have cheated. I have not cheated. You've completely cheated. So my first person was Sahith Thagala. Who and I'm nailed, very, nailed the pronunciation. Well done. And I'm very, very confident in uh, Sahith, and I will be making a bet. I'll be going to Ladbrokes. Where, However, where, where did you your see first person where did you see him? was the postman walking down the street right here in St. Andrews. Okay. The first person I saw was JT Poston. Yes. I saw him also on American soil. He was on my Virgin Atlantic flight. Great. Did not have any trouble with my airline. I, I know you tend to uh, uh, criticize those that are not uh, uh, not Delta. Great experience on Virgin Atlantic. And so did my friend JT Poston. You want me to uh, say John a word about Air Lingus right now? Is that what you want? Air Lingus. Still smarting from your criticism uh, from last <laughs> week. I'm sure JT Poston, winner, uh, probably got like, what, $1.2 million for winning the John Deere a couple weeks ago. Does not fly business class, folks. Premium economy. Really? One of us. One of us. One of us. Rex, of course, uh, you were uh, in first class with all your hoity-toity friends. Uh, but look, he was sitting diagonal t- for me. So no, he does not count. When the wheels as my... hit Scottish ground, he's the first player you saw. That's just unfair. He was on the so, flight. Of course he was going to. Then was the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not counting. We're not counting JT Poston as my omen. Yeah, if I see him on American soil, if I want. see him flying over the Atlantic, and he's right there, it does not count when I see him. At baggage. So claim. the first person you saw was Calmore Cowell, the defending go. champion. That's ironic. Them's the breaks. Them's, them's the breaks. The breaks. <laughs> of course, I don't gamble. I don't know how to gamble. I don't have any money. Uh, I mean, nor do I have any intention of going to an ATM to get right, We're going to do one of the one. If I did, win I would play show. Start with your show. 
show this. That's third place. Yes, that's right. I'm going to go with Tommy Fleetwood. Do not know what his number is. Could be 60 to one, 80 to one. It's probably not all that good. However, Tommy Fleetwood is what you would call trending Rex. I know you did not pay attention to this top 15s in both the masters and the PGA championship. I guess I was too busy covering Mito Pereira's collapse recovering Justin Thomas's uh, thrilling uh, victory or Will Zalatoris a close call to realize that Tommy Fleetwood tied for fifth at Southern Hills. And now he's coming off a T4 at the tournament you covered last week, the Genesis Scottish show. But you probably didn't even talked to Tommy last week, did you? But he is hashtag trending. Uh, I did not talk to him for a story. He and I had a lovely conversation about football because uh, football, soccer. Sorry. That's right. The kickabout the kickball. That's right. So uh, I like that one. I, I, and I think, Mine is is a little bit more difficult because I feel like there's going to be this is going to be star heavy, and and I do want to get into your your concept that you wrote yesterday about how this could possibly become kind of one of those sort of seminal moments in golf where if if the conditions don't work out the way we need them to, and they mostly do, they almost always do at a links course, but if they don't, this golf course is very vulnerable. I mean, there's certainly been some doomsday predictions. It was Nick Faldo who last week, uh, three-time Open champion Nick Faldo, said, that, you know, there could be the long hitters could tear this place apart. That's you could see a 59. Thought. You could see a 60. The conditions are just not going to be conducive uh, for that type of low scoring. Keep in mind, this is a, a par 72, 7,300 yards on the golf course. It's playing drastic shorter. We're talking sure. because of the firmness of the fairways. Well, this is like a 60. Shorter coming in, maybe not going in. This is like a 65, 6,600-yard 60, golf course with how firm these fairways are. Uh, Bryson, do you want to say what the par is? Do you want to? Didn't ask Bryson. Had a lovely conversation with Bryson. Did not happen to ask him uh, what par is. And that's kind of based on his open record, which has not been uh, all that good. Uh, so I'm going to go along those lines and, and kind of pick some bonners because I do believe, as I made the argument that Tiger Woods can kind of bunt his way around this golf course, I do believe that the bombers are just going to let it rip and they're going to have wedges in. I don't see, but I don't think that's actually the good strategy. There's clearly is two. Well, we're going to get to that. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with pause. Gary. Please pause. I'm going to go with Gary Wooden. He played well last week at the Scottish Open. He didn't finish well. How do you, how do you finish it off? He did not finish well. Absolutely not. I, I think the idea that he showed up there specifically to improve his putting, he always struggles when he comes over with uh, lag putting. That's always the issue because these greens are so much slower than what we end up with in the United States. So Gary's my guy. Uh, is Gary Wooden still a bomber at his uh, increasingly advanced age? Hey, Dion's back. What was that? What was that fall we heard? Uh, the, oh, the twenty-five pound fan that you bought. Twenty-seven pound. Twenty-seven right. pound fan. It's very hot. We mentioned. All right, place. Uh, place. So that's the second. second. Yeah, you're I, not very good at this. I hate to do this to my guy, Jordan. Nope. More power? Nope. I have no idea. Will Zalatoris <laughs> again? Again. <laughs> Look, I think he's obviously an exceptional ball striker. He is tops on tour. In strokes gained T to green, he's the best iron player growing up in Texas. He is going to have uh, zero trouble dealing with the prevalent crosswinds that he is going to encounter uh, at the old course. And I like his putting. He has been top 10, Rex, for, for as much as people bitch and moan about his putting, he has been top 10 in strokes gained putting Can he use in that word? each of the three majors. Thank you, Merce. <laughs> he has been top 10 strokes gained putting each of the three majors. Uh, I'm hoping for his sake, for his sanity, uh, that he gets a, a major. In fact, Will Zalatoris had a, had a great anecdote. Someone asked him, you know, how do you actually, you know, well, how, how do you process? What's your process for processing these near misses in the majors? He says, look, 
I, I stay up till four or five in the morning on post major Mondays. He says, I'm not necessarily dwelling on what I could have done differently, uh, but it's just kind of the adrenaline rush. He says, I don't feel normal until Wednesday or Thursday, the following week after a major in contention, which Will Zalatoris in his very short major career has basically been in contention in every single major that he has played. So I hope for his sake, for his sanity, You're picking for his well-being, I hope he finishes second and I hope it doesn't crush him. I don't think it's going to crush him. That was actually my story, even the U.S. Open, because I thought it was fascinating. How is he processing all of these near misses? And he I brought up a great point that I'm, what, six inches away from winning he two said, He said, <laughs> Dion, uh, your wife is laughing. <laughs> May have to edit this part out of the podcast. <laughs> uh, but he said he is, he is essentially an inch and a half, not six inches, but he's essentially. Go walk in the ocean. Go walk in the ocean. You have to get kicked out. You have to get kicked out. This is, folks, this is why you can't have a live recording. This is exhibit A. But no, he said not six inches, but an inch and a half. He's an inch and a half away from essentially winning three major championships. And that's true. He has lost major championships by three shots by an inch and a half. There's some revisionist stuff going there. Uh, I'm going to go with Rory. And here's what's going to happen. I Revisionist know- stuff? Uh, well, an inch and a half away from winning three majors. I don't know about that. I mean, that I don't know. Something could have gone horribly awry at sure uh, with Hideki, although that margin of victory was probably a lot closer than it than or that, it was not yeah. as close as, as it appeared. The JT playoff, he had an opportunity to have a tying putt on 18 there. Obviously, the 14 footer that he struck at Brookline, he's still not sure how that one didn't break uh, into the hole as well. Uh, I'll give him inches. I'm not. I'm not sure six. about it. Yeah, maybe. Sure, I'll go with six inches just to. Make sure she giggles again. Uh, Rory is going to be mine simply because, and I know how this is going to happen. So I'm going to, I'm going to write this script right now. I'm going to tell Rory that you're picking against him. That's fine. I mean, he knows I've said this before. He is the most inconsistent star player in the game and he's going to have a really good first round in a decent second round. And then somehow Saturday, everything's going to unravel. And Saturday's supposed to be the calmest conditions. But, and that's what's going to happen. It's going to be the day. He's going to shoot, to shoot 74 in a day when the scoring average he's is probably 69 gonna, and a half. Well, he's probably going to shoot 71 when the scoring average is 67 or something crazy. 67! Like well, or, or something crazy like that. When he needed to go out and have one of those special rounds, he's just not going to do it. Because that's what, what he does here. And it's not fair to compare what he's done here in the past. Because he did end up on the wrong side of a weather draw here once after a 63. So I certainly think there's something to be said for he's been on the wrong side. But I also think there's something to be said for the idea that when you expect him to do it, when I expect him to do it, I've learned how to deal with disappointment. People change. People change, Rex. And, and look, no one's going to be a bigger fan of writing that story on Sunday than me. Oh, I'm going to have to fight you for it. Uh, we'll we probably, could probably do two. Angles. We could probably do two. Yeah, it's a, that'd be a big, yeah. that'd be a big no, story. Right. Roy winning his first major in eight years. Your winner. My winner. And to get to my winner... I'm oh. going to explain my theory on these two game plans. This is a little bit of a long-winded explanation. Dion, I know that you love these uh, oh so much. So there's clearly two strategies that, that players are going to have here. You're going to have the players who I would call it, uh, Rex, the, the Jack Nicholas, the Tiger Woods uh, game plan that they employed throughout their very successful careers at the old course. That is basically playing away from the bunkers, putting themselves in a position, laying back, having a little bit longer iron, uh, into those greens and not finding the trouble. The other game plan, I would call it maybe the Bryson approach, the bash and the birdie. It's to send their driver as far down as they can possibly get, get 30, 40, 50 yards away from some of these par four greens, if not driving the greens and then take their chances with wedges uh, to what should be very tucked 
multiple locations. I'm not sure which game plan is going to work out best. I have a feeling it will be the game plan uh, that is the bombing uh, approach as well. And so the player that I'm going to pick, the player who I think will win this 150th Open, is Jordan Spieth. He's longer off the tee. He's not a bomber. He is longer off the tee. He is now among the top tier uh, players on the PGA Tour with ball speeds around 180. He's gained about 10 yards of distance uh, since the last time he played uh, the Open here at the old course in 2015. When you might recall, he came uh, dangerously close to winning the third leg of the Grand Slam that year. So he's longer off the tee. And if this thing he becomes a wedge contest, out of my face. if this becomes a wedge contest, if it's who can get closest from 50, 60, 70, 80 yards, I'm taking Jordan Spieth. I actually like Jordan, uh, not because he's a bomber, although I agree with you. Statistically, you're right. He has gotten longer. I think everyone has gotten longer, though. I think you could probably make an argument. Jordan Spieth is now longer compared to his peers on the PJ Tour. It's not, that, it's, it's not that he's just saying. gained 10 yards. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like he's a top 40 I think driver. Fitzpatrick is probably the example where I would say, oh, he's gotten marked longer by comparison to everyone else on the PGA tour. I don't know that Jordan has taken that huge step, but okay. I, it's fair it's, enough. It's, He's a, it's, a, it's a sizable jump. Um, so no, I don't think Jordan is a, a terrible idea other than the fact that listening to his press conference Oof. today, he sounded grumpy. Oof. This is eight out of 10 weeks. He does not feel like being here right now. I literally asked him, I said, you know, the narrative is that everyone wants to play fewer events now. And you're now playing eight out of, eight, 10. Eight of the past uh, 10 weeks. And look, this is going to be a physical test, certainly, in trying to execute uh, shots, which I don't think he'll necessarily struggle with. But it's certainly going to be a mental examination as well. He mentioned the word patience uh, repeatedly. And grace. Throughout. And grace, which I thought patience was Patience and grace. What is one thing that you do not give yourself when you are tired, when you are cranky, when you're uh, getting dangerously close to E in your reserves? You don't give yourself patience and grace. And Jordan Spieth is notoriously hard on himself. He's notoriously hard on his caddy, Michael Greller, as well. That's the only thing that scares me. How much more does he have left in the tank after this hellish stretch? And even last week, and look, we're all entertained. Like, we loved. Could have, should have won. Yeah, he could have. One shot off the lead and made double bogey on a 150-yard hole. And if we could just mic him up in every aspect of his life and somehow put Michael Greller right there next to him in the grocery store and when he's getting gas and everything else he does in his normal life, because I think it would be the funniest. He would definitely be complaining about the gas prices. Although they've come down. I know, I know you've been, you've been gone for about a month. They're definitely lower. Are they coming down? Yeah, they're lower, about 30 cents lower. I don't think I'm coming back. Fair enough. They're actually higher here. Folks, they're about five and a half, five and a half dollars. Yes. Uh, per gallon here, if, you you out, by if, liter. You, yeah. if, you, if you work out the math, yeah, which so, is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, my mm, winner will not be nearly as long-winded as yours. And I think Xander Shoffley is my guy. And you roll your, why would you roll your eyes at that? How much does he have left in the tank? Oh, I think he's fine. I mean, look, he three trophies in 14 days. And, and I, I was there for, for two of them. So, yes, I, I think it would be perfect if I was there Are you, for the third one. You just insert, insert yourself in the Xander Shoffley narrative? No, I did not. I, I think what... I'm, I'm leaning into here is I like the idea that he has gotten to the point in his career where it wasn't that long ago when we were questioning if he could get it done on a Sunday with a 54 hole lead. He was 0 for 4. We were literally wondering that a month ago. Yes. Literally a month ago. Yeah, you're right. Travel, Traveler Saturday. Certainly the Zurich Classic. And he, he points to the Zurich as the tipping point. And I find that hard to believe because it's you're playing with Patrick Cantlay. It's a team event, so I'm not quite sure where he's getting that from. But you look at what he did at the Travelers Championship. And then I'll, I'll go back to last weekend at the Renaissance Club. 
Renaissance. Nailed it. Did I really? Yep, that's how you pronounce There's it. A question mark at the end of that. Renaissance. That's a terrible name for a golf club, by the way. Well, we have very much enjoyed that golf course. I don't think I did. That was the greatest whiskey I've ever had in that clubhouse. Maybe. I'll give you that one. Even, even though I was still stinging from that uh, double bogey on the last. Oh, that stupid guy, which I can't believe I flared it. Well, and we haven't played it since they added the, the holes down by the water either. That's just patently false. We played it like four years ago. Is that true? Yep, definitely. I feel like I re- we originally played it and they hadn't gotten those holes. Played it once. I played it twice, so maybe I, I did it before <laughs> you. you. Uh, but That's Xander it. last week, when you look at what he did, I mean, he started with a commanding lead, and by the time he reaches the turn, he's trailing. And you could just see the wheels turning that, oh, am I going to let this happen? Am I going to let this narrative continue? And he finished about as strong as you possibly could for what turned out to be a commanding victory. And, yes, there is something to be said for Commanding the victory? One by one. He won by one, but that, it's because he got a little sloppy at the end. But I don't think it was ever in doubt coming down the stretch. I wasn't sitting there sweating about it. He made a 10-footer for par on 17. 17 was, was, was a good par. But I wasn't – it's Command. not as though I was sitting – and look, I was thinking about driving down here Sunday night, so I was not sitting there sweating, thinking, oh, I don't want to play off. I don't want this. I'm going to say, though, that he has flown under the radar this week. He didn't come into the interview room. What the heck is up with that? World number five. Just coming hottest, off a win. Hottest player in golf. Scottish Open. Does not come in for a pre-tournament press conference. That tells me he wants to do some cramming on the golf course. That's, that's what that suggests to me. And or, he, he had never or been Or he started seeing you. You think it's tired of seeing him? Could be. Most people are. Especially since you're Including the person sitting right behind me right now. Yep, I can see that she's incredibly bored. Uh, Rex, give me some. How about some? Let's 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 throw some some names out. You tell me their chances. Mm. John Rahm, I know you like his putting. <laughs> uh I, I don't know that he he played particularly well last week, and I don't know if that's really a good gauge for this type of thing, but I just don't know if his game is in a position. I think certainly when his game is at its best. I'm going to put him in that category that you need to watch him. He's going to contend every single week. I don't know that his game's at its best right now. Uh, I would agree with that. Had an opportunity to win the U.S. Open, really backtracked on the final day. What he should 75, 74, something like that uh, on the last day. Uh, he said it was a reminder to himself that he does not have to play perfect uh, to win a major championship. He should have known that uh, as a U.S. Open champion, but uh, he did not get it done there. Uh, how about Cameron Smith? To me, he doesn't drive. Uh, the ball nearly well enough. I, I think his short game is perhaps uh, the best on the PGA Tour, along with Jordan Spieth. To me, his driving is still a little bit too erratic for my taste. Although the the fescue rough is, I think, wispier than perhaps we've seen uh, at recent Open Championships, it is still imperative uh, to get the ball in the fairway, create impart as much spin as you possibly can in these shots. There's no way for me to quantify this, but I don't know that the experience level coming into a major championship is there quite yet. And it might be. And he might be one of those guys that immediately just lands in that cauldron and is able to pull it out. He might be one of those guys that suddenly gets in contention at his first major and goes wire to wire. We had this conversation about Mito Pereira at the PGA Championship, and it turns out he was not ready. I don't know that Cam's ready. Patrick Cantlay, am I really going to do this? Am I going to predict Patrick Cantlay is going to have a great major championship? Uh, again, you look at his uh, recent form, uh, tied for fourth last week at the at Renaissance. Renaissance. Uh, that's now four consecutive top 15 finishes. I've been duped before. The dude has two career top 10 finishes in the major championships. I need to see it. JT, this is the befuddling one to me. You look at his He was going set, to be in my win place at show. His, you no, look at he was going to be making, in my win place show. You would think that Link's golf would be perfect for him, and yet he has never finished inside the top 10 in the Open Championship. You think that changes this week? Yes, I do. And only because of the ball strike. You're going to have about 25 guys in your top 10. 
Um, no, that's not true. I just dismiss Tigers in there. I just Who finishes Tam. higher, Tiger or just, JT? Tiger or JT? I'm gonna go with JT. Yeah. Okay. Only because I watched him play quite a bit last week, and I think his ball striking. If the winds come up, if if we expect what is going JT to happen, shot happen. ten over at the Scottish Open. Ten over. Ball striking was was all was incredible. His short game, his putting specifically, needs some help. I'm not saying he can't turn it around, but certainly if he does, I expect him to contend. Uh, Kyle Morikawa, my omen bet, if you guys have been no. paying attention. He has not played his best. No. Admittedly, he has not played his best. Uh, a, a, flat dude, note. a dude who was on the verge of becoming world number one in January is now in danger, Rex, of dropping outside the top ten uh, in the world. He had a good U.S. Yeah. Open. Yeah, he's number uh, eight, if you have been paying attention to the world of golf. Look, he finished fifth at the Masters, finished T5 at the U.S. Open. Still doesn't sound like he's all that comfortable with his game. You talk about Jordan Spieth being a little bit grumpy. Uh, Kyle Morikawa, until he sees – a better form, I would put him in that category. I watched well. Saucy Stringer. It's, it's there it is. Uh, I, I went and walked only because I was curious at how it was going to work. So I walked with his group in, in the four hole champions challenge thing. And of the four people in his group, he was by far the worst. Ooh. Yes. He, he did not play well. Bet accordingly, folks. He topped a shot out of the rough on 17. It was not pretty. How about Fitzy? I don't see any reason why Fitzy can't go back to back majors here. Oh, I don't either. I mean, if you look at. Whatever it is, he does well now that he didn't do well 12 months ago. I don't know how that transformation happened so quickly, so abruptly, so absolutely seamlessly. Bryson had a similar transformation, just on a larger scale. Uh, I think Bryson's transformation, when all is said and done, will, I'm, I'm afraid prove, it's going to come across de- as unhealthy. Like, yeah, it's going to be detrimental. I think so. I think Fitz has done it in a, in a, in a way that seems sustainable. Like, in a, I don't think in a measured way. I don't, I don't that, think he's yes. going to break. Yeah. And again, this is sort of trying to extrapolate this out, saying where they're going to be 10 years from now. But I can see Fitz still contending at majors. I don't think Bryson is. Uh, I would agree with that. T6 last week uh, at the Sky Show, but if you guys uh, noticed that. How about some sleepers, Rex? How about Tony Finau, Dustin Johnson, Shane Lowry? Those are all guys who, if I were a betting man, which I uh, repeatedly stated am not, I, I would plunk. Are you not going to make one bet this I would week? plunk down a few pounds. If you, if you loan me some pounds, want to loan me some pounds? No. Can I loan you yeah, that's, that's a no. there's, a, there's a tiger glare. There's a, that's there's a, a no. There's a tiger glare right through. Uh, if I were to bet, and just make a couple of bets, Spieth, no, Fleetwood. Don't do this because you and... don't know what you're talking about. You're only going to make a bet way. if the number each way. I no, you're going to throw that in my face what's, like what's you know what you're talking about. But you don't number? know what you're talking about. What's number? That's the problem. You don't know any of their. Look it up. To one. Go to ladbrokes.com and look it up. Don't make a bet just based on who you think is going to win. Make a bet based on what the number is. If Spieth is 50 to 1, absolutely. Put 10 pounds on him each way. If he's 5 to 1, don't touch him. You're going to have to talk. I can't multitask. Yeah, I can, I, I can gas bag on this one. Wait, is, you, it an, is it an outright? Is that what it is? An outright? Yes. And just look under the golf and you'll be able to find it. So I think Rory's the favorite. Spieth's at 16 to 1. 16 to 1 is not bad. That yeah. is not bad for Jordan Spieth. So you put 5 pounds on him each way. Oh, my way. God. Willie Z's 25 to 1. Okay. Now I'll take Willie Z twenty five to one. Ooh, Fleetwood's twenty eight to one. I thought he'd be a little bit higher than that or lower. Is it higher or lower? It, it, you're you're saying lower is what you're saying. Lower, yes. Lower, lower mean actually means higher. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I like that a lot. Uh, I like Tony Finau at forty to one. So Max Homa is an interesting one to me. Playing the best golf of his life. The There's, There's no way that works out. There's no way that works out. He's going to shoot 80-80. I, I really hope he doesn't. I hope he and has, he's going to enjoy every minute of it. hope he has the week of his life. But you know he's going to be trying to impress uh, his boyhood idol, 
Abe answered 90 to one. How was the live golf treating him? You'd think that he would play well no, thank you. Uh, at an open championship. Paul Casey, your boy back in action at hundred to one, dusted off, dusted off the rust at the, at he the did not event. played before. Yeah. So no, I don't, I don't have very high expectations for that either. Hmm. Now we're just getting in, we're getting into the weeds here. I don't see it happening for any of these guys. How about you going at Adrian Moronk? She just asked about John Daly. John Daly. Let's see where I'm still scrolling. Scrolling, <laughs> scrolling, folks. I'm I'm not sure he's not last. Scrolling, <laughs> still one thousand to one. Would you John like Daly is one thousand to one. Tiger Woods is sixty six to one, along uh, with Seamus or Seamus, depending on your pronunciation. You're from the SEC, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Fox, your boy. Who you, uh, what is he? Sixty six to one. And I would Bryce, take that bet. That's a good bet. I like that. Who who finishes higher, Ryan Fox or Tiger Woods? Uh, Tiger Woods, come on! I wrote it. So I can't why, go so back why would it. you take Ryan Fox at sixty six to one? Because it's all about the number. Because all you're doing at this point is the each way. So I think top six is each way. You probably look probably. It up. Yeah. So top six, I feel comfortable at, at sixty. But you just said Tiger's going to beat him. So Ryan Fox obviously would. I'm not, not trying to beat Tiger. I'm trying to beat that number of getting him inside the top six to get the payout. You so make you this think, personal. And do you think not. he can finish inside the top six? Uh, Ryan Fox, yeah, I think so. You also said that he would uh, have a surprising finish last uh, week. He had an off week. Scottish Open. It was, apparently, it was surprising to him since he missed the cut. He breaks late. Everyone knows this. Interesting. Uh, any other thoughts uh, on this open? Po- oh, wait. We have to tell the folks. That was my thought. We have to tell the folks. Yep. We are going to have daily pods from this open championship. Folks, we are entering the 2000s. We are going to have daily pods from the major championships. It's going to be 15, 20 minutes. This is not going to be this long, uh, nonsensical rant and rambling uh, that we've had in this preview podcast. It'll be short. It'll be concise. We'll be hitting on the major takeaways of the day from St. Andrews. We're looking forward to doing it. We're going to do it. We're going to sit down and crank it out before we sit down at our laptops uh, and file our stories for golfchannel.com. I hope you guys will check that out if you like them. If you want us to continue to do them, uh, the only way that we can know for sure that you like them is to reach out to us on Twitter, let us know, and we'll hopefully uh, continue to do them for it. This week, regardless, we're doing it. This is like a test run. We're going to see if we like it. We're going to see if the people like it. We've already decided. No, say if they like it. Say if they like these these daily pods. It's going to be 15, 20 minutes. We're really going to have to keep our our thoughts uh, concise. But thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Golf Central podcast presented by Callaway Golf. Uh, Dion, unfortunately, will not be joining us for the recap pod on Thursday. Mercer will still be there. Perhaps Mercer uh, can join us for the recap pod after the Open Championship, the longest day in golf on Thursday. So we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Thanks for listening.